0: It's really important that we take people with us on the Ekoi because if we all come together um, and debate and be, be critical in how we approach things, that's how we're going to achieve transformation. We're not going to achieve transformation by doing the same things um, and trying to do them better. Uh, we need to take best practices and create new ways of delivering on what's needed.
1: Kia ora. I'm Troy, here as CEO, and welcome to Stirring the Pot. Thanks for connecting. If you're new, here's what you can expect. We're going to be talking the tough stuff, the things that keep us metalheads up at night. There are many challenges facing our industry, and equally many opinions on how we should tackle them. Stirring the Pot provides a facilitated forum to discuss and challenge these viewpoints.
2: So let's get to the nuts and bolts of it. Today we're talking with Hanga Araro, WDC CEO, Phil Alexander Crawford, Deputy Chief Executive, Samantha McNaughton, and Hera CEO and Hanga Ararao Council Co-Chair, Troy Coyle. Together, they're going to discuss the work they're doing to put Hanga Ararao on a secure footing to strengthen the voice of industry in vocational education and training.
1: So Phil, the Rove reforms uh, have a lot of entities involved that probably industry is still getting their head around. What is the role of WDCs in the Rove ecosystem in particular?
0: Mm, Thanks, Troy. Um, Rove, of course, standing for the reform of vocational education. Um, I would say it's one of the largest educational reforms in the last 35 years. Um, So it's been recognised for quite a while that employers need a system um, that supports economic growth, um, retraining, and brings more people into um, training and employment. So when the ROVE developed the structures to support those changes, there were some really big themes that underlined it. Uh, The first was um, learners needed to be work ready. Secondly, they needed to have the right skills that employers and industry and our wider economy need and there needed to be a right fit for businesses. And that's not just now, but um, into the future as well. So the overall changes are designed to support that. And for us as workforce development councils, it's crucial the part we play in supporting our industry's voices and making sure that we provide a platform for them to be heard. Um, because it's always been recognised that there needs to be a greater industry voice. And also the WDC's workforce development councils need to make have a greater focus on where our potential labour market uh, is growing. And the demographics for that are changing. So you'll see a much greater emphasis on Māori and our Pacific uh, whānau. And so within our functions of workforce development councils, there's a big focus on equity. So that's increasing Māori and Pacifica, and those learners with disabilities um, into vocational education. But really importantly, we've got to support the pathways of all learners, including those priority groups, into employment. And so industry voice, industry partnership, uh, is really crucial crucial to that. We're also part of a wider uh, Crown-funded st- set of structures. So as WDCs, we also have a role to honour Te or Waitangi and also support Māori Crown relationships. Um, the Māori economy is a really important stakeholder and it's one that is continuing to grow and will support... Uh, New Zealand ain't going forward. So for WDCs, um, we do play those those key key roles in all of it.
1: Mm-hmm. Thanks for that. And Sam, what would you say is the specific role of Hanga Araro um, considering we've also got five other WDCs?
3: Yeah, indeed. Um, so Hanga Araro is accountable for... Um, Ensuring the industries of manufacturing, engineering and logistics, their voices, their stakeholders, their workforce development um, plans are realized um, to really shape and drive vocational education for those specific industries. So under um, the manufacturing, engineering and logistics banner, there are a multitude of industries, um, hundreds in fact, uh, ranging from manufacturers of glassware and paper to engineering, small engineering businesses in the mechanical space to our print industry partners, automotive engineering, mining and extractives, um, meat processing, that there's such a diverse range of industries and Hanga is accountable for ensuring that their vocational education needs are met, that there are clear pathways for engaging people in vocational education for to help grow and sustain these industries um, both now but also as industries evolve as technology evolves as our focus on sustainability continues that our workforces are prepared and our employers are prepared for for that and we can achieve that through really strong education pathways
1: I really love the uh, circularity of the name Hanga Aro and um, how that fits in with exactly what you've described there, Sam. Phil, what is the story behind how that name was identified?
0: Yeah, there's a real, a real deep design and, and thinking behind the, the name. So um, it started from a point of looking at manufacturing, engineering and logistics in relation to people learning and ongoing development. And so those are principles or po that, that under, underpin uh, what, what we are doing as a, as a WDC. So the translation of hungaro was used for engineering, um, so meaning to design and plan a product, while hanger for manufacturing is about producing the product and ararau logistics so that's about transporting the raw materials and finished products so hanga represents manufacturing as this is the act of transforming a design or idea into an actual product aro represents engineering as it is that pursuit of creativity in designing the solution which is a big part of what what we need to do as a WDC and grow so, row represents logistics and, uh, all those mirrored, um, varied routes or hikoi, uh, that, that are traversed or traveled in, in that supply and demand chain. And so give, give big credit to Matua Joe Tireto, who has helped, helped us as an organization to, to find, find a meaning and a purpose and to translate that into into a, a name of Hanga Ararau. So we, we we hold that um, the mana of that name and with the mana comes expectation and responsibility that we we need to deliver on as an organisation. So very proud, very proud of that name.
1: Yeah. And I think it's important to note that Joe maintains an ongoing relationship with Hanga Ararau and we continue to work with him as well. Yeah. Um, Bill, can you... Give us a little bit about your
0: background, and then Sam, I'll ask you to do the same. Mm. Kia ora, Troy. So my whakapapa papa uh, extends uh, around the world. Uh, on my mother's side, it's it's uh, Scotland via Nova Scotia to a, a little little uh, Scottish settlement that that is in Waipu, which is just south of Whangarei. Uh, on my father's side, I whakapapa papa back to a small little village of King's Clare, south of London um, and also to another little village of Waimati North uh, in in Taitokero, Northland. So my marae there is Tofara and uh, my hapu is Nati Hene, uh, to few Ngāti Rehe, uh and Ngāti Rangi. So uh, my connections there are across the, the wa, uh, Waimati Taimai mid-north region um and so i grew up i was born in Kaikwe, just just to the west of of my um and also in whangarei um my dad started life as a truck driver so there's some irony or or good providence that i'm now um heading an organization with sam around logistics um and my mother um was in retail all of, all of her life. Um, they, they were great believers in education, whatever that education was. Uh, and so uh, myself and my whanau went off to university and I practiced law for 12 years and then moved uh, into vocational education and taught for many, many years and moved into management. Most recently, I have been supporting the delivery of Te Tiriti or Waitangi partnership with another part of the of the reform of vocational education, which is one of the larger providers, Te Pukinga, out of Kirikiri or Hamilton, and now I've stepped into this role uh, with with Hanga Ateri. So that's my journey so far, uh, and the co of the organisation really supports that of my family. Uh, and supports what what I really believe in.
3: Thanks, Phil. And you, Sam? Yeah. Thanks, Troy. Um, so I was born in England and in a small town called uh, well Ipswich. It's quite a big town actually, but grew up in a seaside village called Felixstowe. Um, I fuck up puppet to Germany, so a lot of my heritage is German and. Um, Yeah it it features quite heavily in in my upbringing, Um, I'm fluent in German or was fluent in German. (laughs) Um, When I was 10 years old my family emigrated to New Zealand uh, and we made Wellington our humble home, a beautiful beautiful city and a wonderful place to grow up in, I I was fortunate enough to go to school in Wellington and my my network and my broader whānau network remains in Wellington today. Uh, We lived on the Kapiti Coast, um, right on the beach, and um, just, yeah, really important to us, but really ingrained in me around the open space and and being in in the open environment. Um, After I finished school, I studied social psychology and um, really, really, truly landed my passion with people, Um, people in terms of how people behave, what motivates people, what encourages people, what discourages people, and, um, and in particular for me, how you can work with people and grow people. Um, so I started my career um, finishing, finishing my degrees in psychology, started my career in local and central government, um, working in the research departments, um, predominantly about researching People's behaviour. So my first job was with IRD, and so sort of researching why people choose or, or do not choose to pay tax, which was quite fascinating. And then I went on to local government to understand um, and it, people's people's behaviour um, around pedestrianising and, and using space differently to to encourage greater human connection. Um, and then just over a decade ago, I I was fortunate enough to uh, have a land a job with MITO, or the Motor Industry Training Organization, as it was called at the time, as their research manager. And that just ignited something that I didn't even know existed. Um, and it was my passion for education. Uh, my true, it, it truly is my passion uh, around what we do in the vocational education sector and how we can truly impact and change lives. And that is what has kept me connected in the vocational education industry. And I've been fortunate enough to work with the skills organisation, particularly in their international space, so how we can use New Zealand's vocational education system to support growth, particularly in developing countries. Um, and most recently, I've uh, enjoyed a career with Competence uh, in their standard-setting division. So I bring quite a lot of technical knowledge around vocational education, And um, but the, the thing that drives me, the thing that gets me out of bed every single day is the impact that we can have on vocational education and I'm truly inspired by what our workforce development councils have been established to do in terms of engaging, truly engaging with industry to understand what their uh, whole of workforce development needs are, how they can be supported through formal qualifications and how we can really impact and change people's lives by increasing excess and access sorry, and equity um, in educational outcomes.
1: I think Hanga Arorau is very, very, very lucky to have been able to recruit the two of you, and as well a really impressive larger executive leadership team. Um, yeah, the, I think it's really exciting um, what is going to be achievable with that team in charge. Uh, Phil, one of the changes you're looking to drive that will deliver the promised transformation um, that Rove it has, you know indicated to industry it's going
0: to deliver Uh, troy i can't overemphasize the importance of pangararo being the platform for our industries and where the transformation will come is in how we perform our functions so we've got a real opportunity and responsibility to deliver on our duties and they're really clear so when we look at what has set us up which is our order and council what we need to do as a leadership team to achieve transformation is create an operational approach that makes sure that our stakeholders and our tititi partners can say that we're delivering from their point of view so we can assess it ourselves but it's going to be really really important that our stakeholders um, including industry and our tititi partners, at a point in time, say that we're delivering on what they need and also that we're, we are their voice in the wider vocational education system. So that means for us as a management team and as a wider uh, whānau, um, a bit, that's going to mean embedding in our everyday practice, uh, our industry's voices and guidance, and when we say industry, our Ordering Council is really clear that that includes employers, self-employed people, uh, tangata whenua uh, and other WDCs. Um, it's about better serving learners. And as, as we discussed earlier, especially those that have been traditionally uh, underserved by our education system. And all of that has to support the future work Uh, force needs. Um, And, of course, we don't work in isolation. We're part of a wider uh, economic uh, base and system. So that, in turn, is part of a wider world economy. So we need to ensure that our organisation recognises and adapts to global challenges, emerging technologies, uh, global sustainability goals, and also the changing nature of work. It's the reason WDCs were established because the robe recognised that we needed an organizational structure that was be able, is able to engage out with industry, um, identify what skills and competencies are needed for our economy to succeed, and then to translate that into advice through to the government. So one of the big outputs that we have that is at the end of June 2022, um, we need to give advice through to the government on what's actually funded uh, in our, in our specific industries. So really important that in everything that we do, we're constantly challenging ourselves. And I know industry and our Totidity partners will constantly challenge us to ask us how we are functioning to deliver on, on those things. And that's how transformation will occur. It'll, it'll, it'll occur in partnership with uh, the wider economy and stakeholders.
1: Mm-hmm. And Sam, um, we've got some pretty lofty goals to achieve there in terms of delivering transformation. What is the nitty-gritty, putting things into practice type of thinking that you will apply?
3: Yeah, you're absolutely right. There's, there's quite a few things that we need to achieve in a relatively short time period. The key for me, the absolute key is through developing really authentically strong relationships, um, which then will evolve into partnerships. Um, we, I, I see Hanga Arado as the conduit to the vocational education system around um, standards, uh, around quality and around strategic insight. Um, but we can only achieve that through really solid partnerships. So the partnerships that we're developing with our industry stakeholders, our Māori stakeholders, our Te Tiriti partners, our Pacifica stakeholders, um, our stakeholders in sectors where, or, um, or groups where people have been traditionally unable to access vocational education is really, really important. How we will do that is we are building a really strong capability within our team Uh, We have a range of staff. uh, In fact, the majority of our staff have roles that I would call front-facing. So their roles are entirely around relationship and partnership development and engagement. And, um, And that will enable us to have really, really, uh, really proactive engagement, and um, but also reactive. As, as things evolve, as our industries evolve, as our stakeholders evolve and as our networks evolve, uh, we'll be allowed to, we'll, we've got enough capacity to be quite reactive. I think um, the other part of the, uh, the nitty gritty is being really clear on what we can achieve and how we can achieve it and when we can achieve it by. At the moment, Phil, myself and our executive team and our, our broader Hanga Ararau are working on what our, our next 12 to 18 months looks like. And we're getting really granular. We're going, okay, so to Christmas this year, these are the key milestones that we want to achieve. To June next year, these are the next, and then so on and so forth. Our critical focus over the coming months is um, entirely what Phil and I have been talking about. It's industry engagement and engagement with our key stakeholder groups and um and really empowering our industry stakeholders to to provide us with their insight to help us shape our work plan um, for the for the coming years ahead.
1: Given that focus on um, people and relationships, Bill, what is the overarching culture that will be built at Hungar Shared
0: mm. Shere Copopper. So when we talk about hunger adao i see, see as Sam and uh, talked about it's about partnership and partnering and so that's not only our team within hunger adao but also our stakeholders so we see our stakeholders as as and this is a, a, a really important part of what of us as an organization so we all buy into the same kokopa and that's about supporting transformation We have to do it. Um, and it's about taking best practices as well as creating new ones that will, that will deliver that transformation. It's about understanding our responsibilities and delivering on them. Um, and as part of that, it's also ensuring that our partners understand what our functions are, uh, and setting and agreeing to, to objectives that, that are are transformational, but also well timed. So the work we'll be doing, uh, we're taking, as, as Sam has, has said, we're taking a granular look at, at how we're going to transform, uh, and inform transformation across the wider road, um, pre Christmas, the next 18 months, but also some of the work that we'll give advice about, uh, will be longer strategy work. So I'm talking about five years, 10 years out. Um, And a lot of things can change, as we've seen over the last 24 months. Um, However, uh, in our conversations with industry, uh, they have indicated that that they want the systems, the education system to take a longer view uh, on delivering on what's needed as well. And so that's going to be a an important element to what we deliver and so that's part of uh, the overall co-papa, the philosophy and therefore the culture that we we have and will really grow within, within our organisation and, and those groups that we partner with. And the other thing is about taking people with us. So whether that's our industries, whether that's our board, whether that's our advisory groups, whether that is other parts of the WDCs. Uh, whether that's industry, te partners, learners, unions. It's really important that we take people with us on the sekoi because if we all come together um, and debate and be be critical in how we approach things, that's how we're going to achieve transformation. We're not going to achieve transformation by doing the same things um, and trying to do them better. Uh, We need to take best practices and create new ways of delivering on what's needed. And so that all comes into the culture of the organisation. Um, it's it's what we discuss uh, within our teams, and it's what we support, um, leading from both our board, um, which has great diversity sitting on it and skills, uh, right through to, to the conversations that that our team are, are starting to have out amongst industry and other stakeholders. Um, and so, yeah, there's, there's real clarity around, around um, what what we have as a cultural base and, and that will support us to, to make the changes that we need to make.
1: One of the um, aspects of the WDC that I've always had trouble getting my head around is that we the WDC is meant to be the voice of industry and yet probably industry or employers at least will have much more of a daily interaction with Tipikanga and the other training providers. Um, Sam, what, what do you see as the main mechanism that industry will engage with Hanga Aroro and vice versa?
3: Yeah, that, that's a really great question and a really fair qu- statement as well because... Um, the, the functions, I suppose, of, of particularly for work-based learning and standard setting have now been separated. And so previous the, the previous um, system kind of had that more circular and that more immediate connection to employers or learners going through qualifications. That being said, there is huge value in this separation. Um, and there are actually numerous multiple and multiple ways that industry can engage with Hanga Ararao. Uh, I I truly believe Hanga Ararao is is going to be the strategic partner with industry. So as Phil was mentioning earlier, our our focus is on thinking about the current skill needs or workforce development needs, but also supporting that future development. So thinking 5, 10, 15 years ahead and supporting our industries to ensure that they're on the right pathway to gain the right um, capability at the right time so that they can be sustainable and and, and prosperous. So in terms of how industry will drive an an input into that, um, one of the mechanisms that we do have is uh, we will be establishing an industry advisory group. So this this advisory group we we see as being representative as best as it can be of all of our multiple sectors covered and supported by Hanga Ararau, um, and, and it will kind of provide this overarching um, advice to Hanga Ararao for how we can en- well, engage with specific industries, but also for ha- for the type of mahi and work we will be completing and prioritising. I see this group as being a sounding board for us, as being a group where we're, if we're coming up with ideas or we're, we're researching and, and we're looking at sort of developing workforce plans, This group I see as being a key group for us to go, can can you have a look at this? Can you test this? Can you challenge this for us? Um, So I see that as being one one critical way um, industry can engage with us and will ensure its voice is heard. Um, This group is being established over the coming months and criteria for establishment are are being developed as well. And we will do that in partnership with industry. This advisory group will also provide... um, what I'm referring to uh, is as checks and balances to our governing board as well so that they will connect and interact with our board uh, to, to, and to provide not only an opportunity to, to provide feedback on how Hanga Araro is performing, but also an opportunity for our board to grow their insight and their knowledge on our various and diverse industries that we have, um, that we support. Other other mechanisms will include more focused industry advisory groups. These are commonly established when we're looking at a specific industry uh, and and their qualifications. So I'll use an example such as the furniture industry. It's part of the broader manufacturing industry but has some quite specific workforce development needs. So we will pull together um, alongside industry a representative group to help us on, on the qualification development for, for furniture, for example. There will be other um, other mechanisms by which uh, our, our stakeholders can engage with us. As I mentioned earlier, we have um quite a, we're building quite a large uh, front-facing workforce that their entire role is to proactively go and engage with our industry stakeholders. And, uh, and, that, and they predominantly will, will build initially connections with um, industry associations or peak bodies or member organizations. Uh, they'll also leverage connections through te pukinga to ensure that we're getting um, exposure to uh, the employers and, and how qualifications are performing in a workplace. Uh, we're also building a, a strategy around uh, Maori business and, and Maori employer engagement, uh, and as well as Pacifica And then overlaid with that, we um, we're building sort of frameworks to engage with other organisations or groups by which their stakeholders may not have been fully served. So we're going to proactively connect with all of these groups and and leverage our our networks and connections. Um, However, in saying all of that at any time, um, all of our stakeholders are are very welcome to to reach out to us, uh, reach out to Phil and myself, uh, go, go to the Hanga Arado website um, and just send us a note because every single voice is important and valued in this um, as a response to the reform of vocational education and essential for ensuring that we get the right skills that the our industries need going forward. Mm-hmm. And probably the follow-on question,
1: um, Sam, running along from that is, What is it that industry would actually be able to experience as an improvement from the creation of the WDC system?
3: I think, um, first and foremost for me, a stronger and more representative voice than um, perhaps in the previous system. WDCs are entirely focused on industry and stakeholder voice. Um, our, Our entire purpose is, is around ensuring that our stakeholders, our industry stakeholders, our Māori and Te Ti Tiriti partners stakeholders, have access to the qualifications that they need to grow their workforces. So for me, um, one one expectation our industry stakeholders should have, and, and I'm sure do have, is that they will have a stronger and more representative voice. Um, our, our, our WDCs are, um, like I say, entirely focused, we're, we're no longer focused on supporting training um, immediately in, in the workplace or, or in a provider. We are entirely focused on workforce development needs, whereas the previous system was was inter, intertwined. And so sometimes there was conflicting demand or competing demand for whether or not there was sufficient investment, as an example, to develop skills standards for a particular sector. That's, that's gone now. That that kind of comp- competition within the sector has, has been removed through this reform. And I think that's a real benefit. And I think that adds a lot more weight to our industry's voices.
1: And Phil, how will our industries be able to hold Hanga Aro accountable to delivering those desirable outcomes?
3: Hmm.
0: So um, just supporting Sam's or around the methods that we are, we're using uh to, to gain stakeholder and industry voices. Um underlying that is a methodology that we're developing to ensure um that we give we bring bring those other um parts to voice so creating the space for the diversity of of that voice as well. Um, so that that means that we're creating the space for uh, Māori employers, utility partners, um Post-settlement entities and in, in, in the Maori economy, as well as the diversity that sit within that long list of industry and employers that, that we need to um, ensure we create the space for that voice. And one of the big outputs, as I noted, is advice through to the to the government as to what they fund. Um, what we'll be doing is taking taking that uh, intended advice out to our stakeholders and seeking their input into it. And I have no doubt, no doubt whatsoever that they will strongly voice and we would encourage that they strongly voice whether we've got it right or not. Mm -hmm. Um, Not everyone's going to agree with the advice we take through, but what for us as a team is really important is that we base that on data, uh, those voices that come, come through, um, the different methods that we use and bring it into a cohesive plan, uh, that is credible and has the greatest chance of achieving the goals that industry and other stakeholders are seeking as part of a wider, uh, New Zealand Aotearoa economic, um, system. So. Um, that's going to be the first piece of judgment that's going to come down on us. And we really look forward to be having those conversations, um, which will come, um, Sam, I'm seeing those conversations on that particular piece, uh, will, will be occurring, uh, from May onwards, um, mm-hmm. and all through June, because yep. we, we need to be telling the Crown, we need to be telling the government what we believe on behalf of our stakeholders needs to be funded. So that's that is going to be the the um, I don't want to use the word jury, but the jury on on how well we do uh, midway through next year. Sam, have you got any other comments around um, around that question? Uh,
3: no, I mean I think um, to to use a bit of an off the cuff term, the proof will be in the pudding. Um, so the the proof is in the qualifications that. that we create in partnership with our stakeholders, and the outcomes that our learners achieve. And uh, if our learners are achieving the outcomes that industry and our other stakeholders expect and need, uh, then that is validation that that we are um, we are on the right track. Um, and I and I think it's it's really humbling to be part of this transformation actually, because this is new. And, and it is really exciting. We have such an opportunity to totally transform the vocational system and influence the design of, of qualifications and, um, and quality assurance structures to ensure that they are fit for purpose for our industries and, and for all of our stakeholders, and most critically, are meaningful to our learners to give them meaningful pathways and prosperous careers, um, yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: I think also if I take my hero hat off and put on my hangaro hat, um, I think there's also a really strong accountability between the industry stakeholder group and the governance of the WDC. And so the um, stakeholder group will essentially be reviewing the performance of the board and Mm -hmm. particularly against strategy and influencing that strategy development and then ultimately have the power to um, appoint the board, um, you know, so if there are any issues that are happening at the governance level and there's misalignment, industry ultimately has that power. Um, yeah. So in terms of uh, where we're at in, in development of Hanga where where are we and how far along do we need to go still, Phil?
0: Uh, we've started developing uh, and delivering on our functions. So our functions are really clearly laid out. Um, and I just ask everyone to go to our website to um, look at what our functions are. Um, this week, we had our first piece of a, of approved NZQA uh, mahi, um, Sam. Um, I'd ask you to, to give a little bit of detail about that. But um, we've achieved that within three weeks of starting to operate. Mm-hmm. So um, we we're, we're already started the hikoi and started delivering on it. Um, Sam, you want to just cover off a little bit on that pe- pe- particular piece that we're really proud yeah. of?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so being a brand new organisation, we, we're creating new processes as, as we go. And um, within the first three weeks of our operation, we've been able to connect with the industrial fabrication industry and um, a, a niche and highly, highly, highly specialised industry uh, working that, that makes sort of sale, covers a whole raft of things, um, materials, uh, all sorts of things. And we've been able to quickly connect in with with these stakeholders and develop a, a range of unit standards. And, and yesterday, um, it's in, incredibly rewarding, really. Um, NZQA has approved those. And, and we think we're the first Workforce Development Council to have um, things go through the New Zealand Qualifications Authority under this, this new post-Rove reform environment. Um, and yeah, it's such, such a, a huge testament to the mahi that our people have done. They've hit the ground running, um, and in this case sprinting, uh, and the connections that they've already established with, with industry groups, in particular a niche industry group. So it's, it's really, really awesome, really inspiring.
1: And can I get you each to um, explain what is it that you find most exciting about joining Hanga Row, starting with you,
0: Phil? It doesn't matter if I speak with a board member or one of, one of our, Sam and my exec, uh, or whether it's actually out in amongst industry, which we've already started to have those conversations, or speaking with our, our Maori employers uh, or other parts of the the wider road, far uh, it's we all share the same kaupapa. and that that's just such a awesome opportunity, but also responsibility to make this work. And so coming on board um, with with Hanga Ararao, it's it's a vehicle, it's a it's a being for all of us that we we can pick up and. Uh, move really quickly to deliver on on what's needed. Um, And as Sam pointed out, that's that's about delivering prior to Christmas, uh, next year, and also taking a longer term view about uh, skills leadership, skills needs, uh, what's funded, and that's over the next five to 10 years. Um, And no organisation of this type with this, willingness to to hear the the diverse voices that we'll hear there hasn't been an organization like a wdc uh nor has there been an organization like hangar before so i'm really looking forward to that hikoi that we've all started so shared kopapa shared mahi uh and moving forward together just just crucial elements to what we need to deliver hey sam yeah
3: it's absolutely it's um it is truly exciting to be part of this um, hikoi. Uh, to build something from the ground up is, is actually quite impactful. And, and I think certainly one, one of the things that attracted me to Hanga Araro um, uh, is, is to, to truly be part of something that will transform New Zealanders' lives. Um, it will transform the vocational education sector without a doubt. Uh, our focus is on the current and the future needs of industry, Māori, Pacifica, uh, un- underserved groups, and ensuring that even though we might not interact with a learner every single day, that, they, that the learners are front and centre to everything that we're doing so that we have complete confidence that they can access and achieve equitable outcomes. Um the other thing that, that is really exciting exciting about Hunger Arado is um, the staff that w- that we have, we, we are really, really, really lucky. We've got an amazing bunch of staff already that have joined Hunger Arado right from the outset. And so together we are already creating this really vibrant organization and we've got a lot more growth to do over the coming sort of year or so, especially and, and as we really gear up. to to develop qualifications, but uh, we've got a really, really wonderful base um, and diverse perspectives and diverse experience from people across the vocational education sector. Uh, And it's actually really exciting to be working alongside our staff to build our plan to really ensure that that what we're doing will drive an impact into New Zealand's labour market. It will ensure sustainability for our employers uh, and our businesses and, and, and provide really great, prosperous outcomes for workforces, communities and people. It's, yeah, it's, it's a really exciting journey to be on. I'm hugely grateful.
1: I think you may have um, just answered this question, Sam, but what, what do you think transformation will look like?
3: Yeah, I think, um, I think it it will be um, evolutionary. Uh, So, so we know there's, there's a significant amount of mahi that we need to do in in the coming three to six months. And, and it might be perceived by, by the outside world that that perhaps not much is changing, um, but we need to take that time to, to build, to build our knowledge, to grow our our people and grow our workforce. Um, However, Within the next 18 months, I see quite significant transformation. I see the WDCs um, and especially Hanga Arorau, of course, really influencing the the vocational system. And and I mean that at all levels. I mean influencing how how we structure qualifications and skill standards to ensure they align truly with what industry needs, when industry needs them. Uh, It also will transform how we we guide and, and advise, but also partner with, with training providers to ensure that they are developing programs that align with industry needs and, and, and other needs of, of all of our stakeholders especially our learners. Um, so so I think um, uh, yeah I, yeah it will be ev- definitely evolutionary but but within quite a short space of time I think there'll be quite a lot of change positive change
0: yeah. I really like how you talk about that too Sam we've talked it at a, at a, a leadership level. Um, and are going to have that conversation with the wider team. Um, it's, it's making sure the outside becomes the inside of the organization. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's something that I think runs through from when Rogue was first, um, consulted with. And there was huge consultation with, with stakeholders and utility partners and other, other, um, parts of the, of the overall system. Um, and I think it is a theme that runs through that, that you can set structures up. But unless people see themselves within the structures and, and can easily identify their own voices within those structures, then all you're doing is recreating the machines mm. that, that support status quo. Um, and that's not WDCs. What Sam, myself and the rest of the exec team and, and our, our board are supporting is doing it a different way. So I think, I, I think. It is that that outside inside becoming one, um, and and uh, we're really positive about making that happen. So so watch this space, Troy.
1: <laughs> Definitely, I think that's um, really the crux of what I have found so motivating being on the board for ro is really. As an organisation, it's such a core part of the culture, even at the board level, um, to really yeah. challenge the status quo and deliver transformation. We're really not looking to have that incremental improvement. We're looking at something that's going to take us a leap forward um, and that's so exciting alongside um, that commitment to embedding to in the form and function, mm-hmm. which um, mm-hmm. I think We're starting to see the um, proof of that coming out in terms of our appointments and our positions and how we're looking at policies and and um, our communications and so on. So really, really, I think that this is a values led organization and we really want to be walking the talk.
2: So there you go. Thanks for joining our conversation with Phil and Sam today. If you'd like to connect more with them, you'll find the details in the show notes. Seeing the passion that both Phil and Sam have for improving equity, as well as their skills to identify the structural changes required is gonna be pivotal to ensure that their commitment to improving outcomes for industry, priority learners and employers is realized. We're also excited by the opportunity that Phil's appointment presents for embedding Hanga Ararao's commitment to honouring ti in form and function. So I guess we'd like to finish with a whakatauki that Phil shared on his appointment, which guides Hanga Ararao and our ambition to support all communities. Kia tu tangata ao puta noa e te we will stand with confidence and competence anywhere in the world. Food for thought till we see you next time. So hit subscribe and if you like what you heard today, please like, review or share with any metalheads you know. Let's spread the word. At Hira, we are really committed to meeting our obligations under te riti, and also to raise the mana of Mato Māori within our workplace. To find out more about what we are doing in this space, you can find more information on our website. The link is in the show notes.